Yeah, uh, that was great in terms of the insight when it comes to getting guests. But Suraj, I think you have a, a good experience, don't you, that you want to tell us about? Maybe something that's funny as well or the most interesting that's fine as well. Yeah, well, it was sort of like we at this point had recorded maybe nine episodes or so. And as James said early in this in this episode, that it was like very uh, formulaic, we kind of had this fixed approach that we'd come in. So we had just kind of pivoted, kind of decided, right, we're not going to go and ask them about every area of their business. So we had this dude called Andrew from uh, from Los Angeles come on from Santa Monica. And, you know, at this point, we it was kind of like everyone that we'd brought on, we knew. We knew them through yeah. university or through personal network. And this was one of the first guys who had come in through Twitter. And what what interested me about the experience was just how how chill and relaxed he seemed. You know what I mean? Because we started, he comes on and he has some like interest in antiques and shit in the back in the background. So James starts asking him about that, you know, going off this, you know, new free-flowing uh, philosophy that we decided on. And we're chatting. And then we start talking about business. And man, the dude just starts cussing and he's chilled out. He's like, yeah, why the fuck would you do that? This and that. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Because I had never sworn on the podcast at that point. And like in general, day to day, I swear quite a lot. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I, swear, I tend to swear quite a lot. Um, much to my mom's disgust, of course. But <laughs> I'll not get into that. So I naturally just felt so much more ease. And that kind of opened up this whole new uh paradigm to me of like oh this is this is a way that we could potentially go if it's like have the conversation as if you're sitting there in person like don't don't hold back because if i was at an event and i you know i said like yeah don't really give like, that stuff like it's a bit of bullshit like some someone's not they're not going to turn around and be like oh you can't swear like they're just going to be like yeah it's true it is bullshit or, or whatever they might just if they don't swear they might say something so not that it was all about swearing, but it was more about comfort than more about just like, just be yourself, just go with the flow, make the jokes that you'd normally make um, within moderation, of course. And then that really uh, switched up my, my mentality when, when I'm recording podcasts and I became a lot more comfortable doing it. But another thing in general, I'd say generally speaking, having guests from all around the world is very, very interesting because you start seeing mm. like the difference in cultures, the difference in natural difference in personalities but also in like for example we had a we had a couple of guests come on from nigeria based in nigeria okay. once so far we have we have one scheduled to come on in a couple of months and like his life was just completely different than anything i'd experienced he was telling us that he used to sleep in containers um on the side of the road because he didn't have wow. any food or any money um and just his way, his way of his communication style was just different than we'd experienced. So that, that was kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? It was like we're, we've gone international now at this point. So it's like whenever we're bringing new guests on and reaching out to them, like, yeah, we have our, our network and our uh, portfolio of guests is, is completely global. We have people from San Francisco, from Minneapolis, from New York, Boston, you know, Singapore, um, India. Asia, Europe, all around Europe, Africa. So it's like it's all over, right? So that that to me has been a huge plus from doing this. It's kind of getting not just immersed in the London startup ecosystem, even though you know that's where we're both like naturally based, but getting immersed in like the global startup ecosystem. And because you learn more about problems then that exist in different countries, you learn more about mentalities, you learn about jet their general approach to life. 
And that's something that you can use in your own journey at some point. Because if you're solving a problem, I remember I hearing this when I was maybe 17, 18. It's like, if you solve a problem that thousand people face, you probably become, you know, someone who makes a few, a few grand. You solve a problem that uh, tens of thousands of people face, probably make a few hundred Ks or maybe a mil. You solve a problem a million people face, probably become multimillionaire. Solve a problem a billion people face, you're, you're, you're inbound to becoming a billionaire. That's that's what billionaires do. They solve bigger problems than more people face, right? And that's, you know, you, you can make the argument, oh, well, you can solve a problem that some big companies face and they'll pay billions for it over time. Yeah, it's true, but like, it's just the general kind of uh, it's still the same know, analogy that I found really yeah, useful, right? a company is made up of people. So mm-hmm. you're solving actually yeah. their problems as well. So the analogy exactly. still stands, yeah. Yeah. Coming, exactly how um, expensive the problem is too. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to touch on based on the fact that because you had so many different guests from all over the world, like like you mentioned, in terms of like because you see like the person from Nigeria uh facing a certain hardship where he was sleeping in a container, and there's probably others who face similar or different sort of hardships. Um, what does that tell you about different mindsets of different cultures? I think uh <sighs> that's an interesting that's an interesting one because we did we did have a guy come on from from the united states he was based in uh san francisco i think and he was talking about how he sort of felt it as an obligation to build a company that helped the world because he had grown up with all the comforts that you could possibly want in a first world mm-hmm. country so he says i've been given this platform i should i should do something with it like it would be a, it would be a, a disgrace not to because I have so much opportunity compared to the rest of the world. So he saw it as a responsibility of his that, you know, I've got this huge head start compared to most people. So I got to, I got to make sure that I, I progress adequately. Um, I think in terms of it specifically, I mean, we hadn't heard, we haven't heard another story like that one so far, like this guy sleeping in containers, then became the advisor to the vice president of Nigeria um you know pretty 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 big dude in nigeria so um his mentality was awesome because he just he just had no time for excuses no time for entitlement no time for none of that crap he was like you have to do something positive with your life you have to get down to it. you have to face your hardships own your hardships and overcome them you can't you can't give yourself a break because you're tired because like you think that oh i've got it so bad i can't do anymore so that was that was motivational to me for sure, because you know, I grew up traveling to India every single year to see my family and seeing mass poverty every time I'd come back. Mm. I was like, "Oh crap, that's that's insane." So I sort of felt the same thing growing up. I was like, "Well, if certain people can kind of come out of that and get themselves an education and a good job, then me doing the exact same thing is not enough in my life." Because I, I even though we were like. You know, when I was four or five years old, we're like a middle class family living in like a slightly dodgy suburb of Dublin, right? But it to me it was the lap of luxury. It was like this is this is like paradise compared to the stuff that I've seen back in India. So I never thought like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be nice to live in a mansion or you know, we're growing up relatively poor, because it was a it was a dodgy sort of estate, right? But I think that stuck with me a lot, and that's so when he said that, that resonated a lot with me because I was like, you know, you came from you came from the real stuff, like you know, you came from really, really uh, underprivileged background, and like you've come to a point that's unbelievably impressive. Um, so I think 
yeah, different countries definitely have different mentalities and different philosophies towards life and business, but it's all about your environment and what you've grown up in and the hardships that you faced. Because those are two very contrasting things, right? One of the guys is thinking about the other is thinking about the profile of the other guy and thinking, well, I didn't have that, so I gotta push myself to go do something extraordinary. The other guy's been in that circumstance and he's got the same thing. But he's built you could say that, you know, he's he's built it through the roughest environment possible so i i think it's quite cool just seeing seeing the parallels but one thing i'd say that is common between all the entrepreneurs that we've interviewed is that they're all very resilient in their own way and i think resilience looks different when it's displayed in different people because if you asked me a couple of years ago what is resilience to you i would have probably quoted david goggins i'm sure you guys would have would have heard of him yeah yeah, yeah and i was i'm big David Goggins fan. I would have quoted him. I would have been like, this is resilience. This is the definition of resilience. But there's so many people out there that are not as hard on the exterior as Mr. Goggins, but yeah. they're also extremely resilient in their own way. They've got a much more softer, passive way of dealing. It looks soft, it looks passive, but really the actions that they're taking and the resilience it's internally in their own mind is equally ferocious. So sort of learning never to judge a book by its cover. And it's something I mentioned relatively recently that like I always thought the archetypal entrepreneur would be like the big dreamer, always thinking everything's possible, like a Steve Jobs kind of character, something that I personally related to. And then after speaking to so many entrepreneurs, I kind of thought, well, that is complete garbage because I've met people way more successful than me that are nothing like that. If I'd met them on a bar on a Saturday, I might have, I might have not looked twice. But if I learned more about how they actually think and what they've actually achieved, you're like, okay clearly that clearly i haven't got all the answers i haven't got all the pieces to the puzzle of what makes a successful human being and that's been a very humbling experience should i say i think that's an interesting part as well we mentioned um just going on that line of how people are different you know like you thought they might be big dreamers but they're not really like that i often find that and i just wanted you guys' opinion on it really it's kind of <laughs> a bit off topic but i often find that um people often assume that a big motivation is the positive side so the dreamers the steve jobs you know what can we do this is my vision, etc. But actually, sometimes um, a good motivation can be the other side. It can be fear almost. You're trying to stop something from happening. Or, for example, like you mentioned, when you went to India, you saw poverty at a different scale than you did here. I've had an experience as well where I saw you know, something which I didn't really when I was younger. And that fear kind of motivates and drives me just as much as where I want to go. So I suppose it's, um, I just wanted your opinion on, on that really, because I know you guys have a vision and you stuck to it, but th is that sort of a motivation as well when you listen to different people's stories that, oh, you know what, I'm going to keep on going because I don't want to be there rather than I want to get there? It's, it's a very interesting question. It's, I, I don't know if you guys listened to um, 20VC with Harry Stebbings, where he interviews uh, venture capitalists, but basically he has a question that he asks every time out and it's, it's like, what are you running towards and what are you running from? which I yeah. think is the same, the same question you're asking is like, I think everyone in their life, they have that pull of who they want to be in one year, five years, 10 years. But as you've, as you've really well put is like equally as strong as that is, what am I running away from? Like, what is the person that I don't want to be? Um, for me personally, it's always like, I'm, I'm, I'm huge into like fitness and all of this. And I'm an athlete and I, I've lived, I've lived and breathed it for more than half my life. And it all ties into kind of meeting potential. I think I was very lucky to be raised by like your classic Asian mom, 
who like really instills the power of you know like proper like southeast asian like instills the power of academics into you and she was really strict to me when i was younger and she drilled into me the value of like getting good grades and working hard at school and i've really carried that forward in my life so i think in terms of the kind of person that i'm running away from is someone who doesn't make the best account of themselves right I always want to be the guy who's like, whenever I'm doing anything, I want to put 100% into it. I want to make the best account of myself possible. Uh, I want to achieve my potential, essentially. So while you can have kind of visions about who you want to be in the next five years or so, I think for me, a much stronger motivator is kind of looking at the person I could be had I not taken all the steps that I do. And a, a lot of it is like, we just, we just don't get taught this stuff in school, right? You don't get taught this stuff at school or, you know, anyone who's unlucky enough to not have like a proper mother or father figure as well. There's no one to tell them these kind of things. So maybe they go down a path that, you know, one of their peers has gone down, or maybe they just follow the standard path of, you know, study hard and get a job and this and that. And they're never able to actually think outside the box and what's possible. But I think all four of us here, like we're, we're switched on enough to see that we have the opportunities to think outside the box and kind of create the future that we want for ourselves. And that's, I'm sure that's a big reason why I started the podcast and I'm sure it is for you guys as well. And you need to really jump on those opportunities. So I'm a huge believer in being proactive. So that's, I, I believe just by being proactive and kind of, you know, really putting yourself out there and being around the right kind of people, then you'll get to where you want to be. Um, and in, so, in doing that, kind of get as far away as possible as that kind of person that you could have been by not chasing your potential. Yeah. I think um, like, you know, as, as, as you kind of progress, you your why sometimes may change but the actual base of it or the foundation of it keeps on staying the same and you just kind of just like you um elevate any any other you know product that you're making or any any content that you're creating whatever uh your reasoning keeps on elevating at the same time um so just just for the basis uh, for the basis for the podcast that we have like one um major thing that we want to bring to our viewers and listeners uh is um basically advice on how to do certain things and maybe is there's is there some practical advice that you can give to um entrepreneurs or or founders or anyone maybe you know trying to even start up a podcast uh what practical advice would you so i want i want both of you to answer it individually uh whoever wants to go first yeah i don't yeah. mind taking it um i think practical advice of doing anything really right is like no, knowing why you want to do it first and foremost like do you really want to do it or do you just want to be seen as the person that wants to do it because that's like a thing that a lot of people these days get caught up in the clout right i know like uh I was chatting to my brother recently. He said, yeah, I want to make a lot of money. He's 18. So I want to make loads of money. He said, okay. So what kind of life do you want to live? He said, I want to have a nice house on the beach and chill every day and just relax, skateboard. I was like, all right, fair enough. It's like, you do know making a lot of money is not going to look like that. It's going to probably be a bit more stressful than that at some point. Like there's going to be a lot of perseverance, difficulty, and failure involved in the process. He was like, yeah, yeah, true. And then I was like, how much money do you want to make? Like just as a ballpark like what you actually want to do and he was like oh no like 100k a year would be pretty good i was like well mate then you don't need to kill yourself and go the hard way by trying to do all this mad shit just you know pick an industry work hard for like five six years you probably do that that quick and then get something fully remote and then come by yeah there you are sailing off into the sunset on the beach you know what i mean but i think a lot, a lot of people just 
think they want something but don't really want it don't don't want to give up the life that they currently have to get it so really knowing what you want i think it's a fair point that you made there like about like what do you not want to be then so i think that's a very it's a very potent driver in the early stages of advancing your goals because let's say it's like it's related to fitness and it's someone who generally has been quite unhealthy unfit and dissatisfied with their current like state of, of fitness and then they kind of have this realization and they see somebody who's like 20 years older than them the same as them and they're very unhealthy and ill in hospital let's say and then they kind of memorize like remember that and they're like whatever happens i don't want to end up like that person because that's a very real possibility to me so then they start you know whatever going for a run swimming cycling going to the gym sport whatever 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 kind of fitness they enjoy and then they kind of realize that you know after six seven months a year two years you've become a different person that you're no longer it's your your name is not even in the hat of becoming like that person in a hospital bed anymore it's just it's just not you so then you kind of think because now you've become this person before you you essentially wore the younger version of that person in a hospital bed now you're a completely new person so your role models and your that what you aspire to completely changes because there would be it would be futile to compare to the person in the hospital bed after you've achieved a certain level of fitness and think yeah. oh yeah look i'm not like that person so i'm doing good i'm doing great well you won't you won't keep going to the gym if you do that you won't keep staying fit if you do that because you'll think i've made it i don't need to do it anymore now i'm done and then then you'll stop and then yeah you might you might have reached a satisfactory level and that might be perfect for that individual's life but if you want to keep progressing keep going forward keep taking it to the next level it's like then you start picking people that are doing it better than you you start you start focusing on the people that are achieving more and you're like right now what can i learn from them because i feel like a lot of people early on in something who are insecure about themselves internally deep down they see someone more successful and become insecure of like that i'm not doing that and maybe try it down it might express itself in different ways maybe try to downplay it maybe try just like shirk it off pretend they didn't see it but once you've achieved a certain level of whatever it is you then start looking at people better than you and thinking and well not not seeing it as an attack on yourself but rather as a motivator as an inspirer as a, as a source of value a source of lessons like that person's done it so can i because i've got to th- i've made this incremental jump from where i was now if i keep going down this and applying the same formula maybe i can get to that point that. right mm-hmm. so it's like if someone else wins it's it's an extension of you winning because you know that person like there's a guy who we went to university with he was in my year in imperial and he, he, he started a business called bonnet which is a uh, it's like an electric it's like a, a sas for elect, electric grid for char, charge electric charging vehicles where they they charge their cars and then he manages where the electricity goes through the software and, and where it gets allocated across the grid and he raised like i seen on linkedin saying that he raised 4.4 million pound and i was like Whoa, what the hell I seen that and I started cheering and I was like, yeah, go on, Patrick, you fucking legend. Love to see it. Literally hit him up immediately, sent him a two minute voice note, tell him how happy I was for him. It was just because to me, it was like sick. Now I know a guy just like me studying in the same place has done something unbelievably successful. And I'm like, yeah, if he's done it, so can I. Perfect. The reference point's been set. The bar's been set. And that's the same trying to compete with the guy, but rather seeing as like if one of your mates is running a bit faster and you want to catch up with them, not to beat them, but because he's your, he's your mate, you're like, yeah, well, we got to be the same, right? Because we're mates. So let's go together. 
So seeking inspiration from people doing better, see, it's not seeing it as an attack on yourself, but seeing it as a as a as a valuable lesson to learn. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I uh, just touching on that point as well is like I always look back to just going back to fitness as well. You know, like uh, the late Kobe Bryant. Um, his motivation actually the reason why he worked so hard because his idol was Jordan so he tried to reach the same points he actually was in touch with him all the time they used to message mm-hmm. him late at night about certain things but he actually worked harder because and had more longevity is because he said that when I retire I don't want to look back and think what if I did that more what if I did more he wanted to retire and say no I did everything I could and achieved everything that mm-hmm. I can um, but yeah just going to uh, I mean, that, that's. Uh, what, do you still want to say something, Sarah? Sorry. Uh, just on that point, actually, because it's a point that James made to me a while ago. He knows what I'm going to say now because you mentioned Kobe Bryant. But yeah. uh, so I think Kobe Bryant's source of inspiration and source of drive was always internal. Of, as you, just as you said, he didn't want to leave no stone unturned. He always wanted to know that I gave my best, the best that I could possibly give. And I know I have more because he be- believed his potential was unlimited. Whereas if you look at Michael Jordan, he his mentality was very is very externalized source of drive it's like if someone parred him off he'd be like so i took that personal right (laughs) and it's it's like i was james made a point to me because my source of uh drive is considerably more external than his so i'm not comparing i'm not comparing james and myself to jordan and brian in any (laughs) form here but in terms of how i take inspiration it's very much like someone said you can't do something it's like okay Oh, you think so? I'm going to show you now. Now it's game on. Now it's game on. Whereas James is very much more focused on his internal state of mind of like, I know I have more potential in this. I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. I'm going to do this. So maybe, maybe James will be the billionaire and I'll be the millionaire, but I'll still be happy. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going, we're going to the top together, man. You just said that we need to run alongside each other. I'm not going there without you. <laughs> That's it. That's Amazing. it. Wow, man. Amazing. I think oh, but... one thing I've really seen. Sorry, go ahead. No, go. Please do. No, I was just saying one thing I've really seen is is your uh, your camaraderie that you have between each other, uh, or, or or like people call it bromance that you have, and uh, I think it's 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 an it's a remarkable thing, and uh, I really hope that you know a lot of people who are viewing and watching this, they really get to understand that you know it's it's not it's 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 lonely at the top, right? So you rather bring someone along with you. May you you make a fantastic point, and just to kind of um, elaborate on, you know, what's some great advice is surround yourself with the right people, because I think particularly in the day and age where most people, vast majority of people, they're building tech companies, right? They're a lot of you know more and more people have developer skills, are able to program. Um, you're seeing more of a kind of founder, this kind of profile of founder who just kind of opens up their laptop and works in isolation and may go for years, you know just never really interacting with other people in person and stuff and i think personally your best ideas will come when you're around people your best inspiration comes when you're around people you don't want to go there alone and you see it time and time again that a developer might make some crazy product and spend six months to a year doing it but they never talk to any customers right so they try and will it into the world and no one wants to buy it and it's like well why why the hell is no one to buy it like what this is amazing that what i've done and they fall in love with the work that they've done instead of thinking about it from a commercial angle which is why and i go back to it again i'm such a big proponent of just going out and meeting people whether that be in your own network or just trying to get to know new people and introducing yourself because you're going to come across loads of people to give you a different point of view in life a different angle to look at things from you know different business ideas whatever it may be so just get yourself out there in front of many people as possible and magic will happen 
Yeah, I think that's something I'm probably taking away the most here. Uh, you know, what, in terms of what you just mentioned, because I'm that type of person. Like, I is is there an idea or 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 any sort of um? Oh, one second. Um, if there is some some sort of uh idea and you need a solution for it and and understand how it works, then I'm the person for it. I can I can create that solution for you. But when it comes to actually like, look, how is it going to be commercially? Then like, you know, then definitely another person comes. And this is somewhere where, for example, if I can come in and I should say that look if you want to commercialize it then this is this is the way forward for it and uh yeah and I, and I totally agree like you know you you the quality someone else can bring uh will potentially uh bridge the gap between you and another business or or your customers and and uh and your success in, in if you if you put in put it quite bluntly so yeah, I mean, um, I think it ties it quite nicely as well. What we mentioned right at the beginning, the reason why you guys started the podcast, networking. I mean, you're going to be surrounded by the right people through networking. You guys are very lucky. I was super lucky as well. Ended up being friends. So you already had a great head start of being surrounded by people that can take you far. But the next step, I suppose, is networking. The next step is to expand it, build upon that. And um, I think that in general helps with mindset as well. Because I do feel that when you speak to someone like, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for AK here as well, but listening to you guys, I certainly felt like I picked up a lot already. Like, not just the conversation, but the energy-wise as well. It helps motivation, it keeps you going. But on top of that, you get the actual network as well on top of it. So it's like, why not do it? You're putting yourself out there, but the benefits are just endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's as, as I said, right? It's like, even if no one was watching, we would still do this. Like, we still invite people on. Yeah. We still get them and oh. talk to them. Sorry, guys, one second. Just, we can't hear you at the moment. Is it just uh, James or is it us? No, no, I think it's us. Because this has gone off. Why is it? Do that go now? Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. now we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry about that, James. If you go ahead again. No, that was it really. I mean, you've got to think about kind of, I think Sarai's touching it, like, what's your why? Why are you doing it? And if there was no one listening to us, we would still do it because, you know, we're very much interested in the startup ecosystem. We want to become founders. We're building products together in the background as well. We're talking to customers, talking to people all the time. So I think the beauty of a podcast is it can feed into so many different avenues. So yeah, um, I, I don't think that, you know, anyone should just pick up the mic and just have a conversation with some beers around a table with your mates. Cause like not a lot of people want to listen to that, but if you're actually doing something that kind of feeds into, you know, your day to day or where you want to be in the next couple of years. And the podcast is actually going to be an accelerant for that. That's a reason for starting a podcast. Like I've spoken to a lot of guys who have done, you know, countless numbers of episodes. And another thing I always hear is, try and make your podcast a funnel for your leads so if you're selling a product you need to make sure you position that podcast to be a funnel that's just going to collect people that will be interested in the services that you provide so we're starting to do things like this so we have like affiliate market uh partnerships with people who kind of offer you know pitch deck services fundraising services you know if you're looking to fundraise and you need help um with who to contact or how to go about it then we can help you with that uh and we also do a lot of kind of ad hoc help for founders so as Suraj mentioned earlier we'll kind of you know make introductions between them we'll make introductions to vcs if you're interested we'll look over your uh pitch materials and all of this kind of stuff and just by doing that you kind of embed yourself 
in the ecosystem and surround yourself with the right kind of people. And of course, the more you do this, the more inbounds you start to get, and it becomes a very much a snowball effect. Um, so networking isn't really, it, it kind of starts off as an uphill battle and it becomes like really putting in word out there, but you'll find over time, the more people you meet, it just becomes almost an automatic and the right people will introduce you to the right people and you keep going. Uh, just to finish that kind of line of thinking, someone I spoke to yesterday, he has he's a vc and he has like a very almost like a technical kind of mathsy way about going about trying to find the right startups right he'll use algorithms and he'll like kind of scrape the web for up and coming tech um startups i found that very interesting from someone who's a lot more kind of people oriented than tech oriented um and he asked me like oh well, how do you find the best startups and i'm like well i go to events and i talk to people and i ask for this and i ask for intros um and just seeing that kind of like duality there about our different methods is very interesting and it, it just makes you realize that you know, there's there's a lot of different ways for getting things, but I think if you wanna if you wanna really unearth some gems, like you have to just keep you know putting the word out there. As simple as that. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you very much, James and Suraj. I think uh, like you know, just looking at the time, uh, we went well over time, but mainly because of the reason, because there's so many interesting points here, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we're good for the introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, for coming over. Um, to be honest with you, like I, I knew it was going to be a great episode already. So I think we went through a lot. And you know, thank you guys for dropping your knowledge as well. Uh, of course, we're going to put the links in the description for the guys. But you know, we're um, just going on that point as well. You know, we're hoping that's the start of something that we you know we stay in touch. Um, that we still carry on going forward. And I'm pretty sure uh, if we have some questions like from the audience coming up as well, we may just ask you there as well. I mean, is there something, I know you just plugged a little bit, but is there something else you guys want to plug a bit more to the audience? So the stage is How yours, can they basically. Find you? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, you can oh, find us on um, yeah, Spotify, Apple Pods, the Startup Blueprint. Uh, you can, we can put kind of our details in the show notes as well if you guys want to do that. Um, that would be helpful. And yeah, if you're just if you're a founder who's kind of anywhere from you know MVP up to Series A stage, like we'd love to talk to you. Want to hear more about you? Maybe have you on the pod. Um, you know, if you're fundraising as well, we can definitely help you out with that. So anyone who's building at the moment or knows someone who's building, just do not hesitate to get in touch. Great. Your podcast with benefits. That's great. Make it sound uh, more safer. Great. Thank you very much again. And uh, yeah, we hope to see our weekly listeners and, and viewers um, again next Tuesday for another episode of, of WhatPod. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and benefit a lot from it. So yeah, see you again next Tuesday. Take care and peace. Awesome, guys. Thanks, Thanks very guys. much. Cheers. And that wraps it up here. Yeah.